0: This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Camp Brown, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. When I was a student at Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, I served as a pastor of a small country church about 65 miles out of Louisville. Here at the Dry Valley Baptist Church in Mystic, Kentucky, was where I participated in my first revival from a pastoral standpoint. That was a revival I shall never forget. One reason is because my father came up to Kentucky from South Carolina and did the preaching in this revival. I wanted to have him to be the preacher in my very first revival as a pastor, since he had meant so much to me in my own spiritual life. We were to begin our services on a Monday night at 7.30, and my father decided to drive from South Carolina to Kentucky on Monday, arriving there in time for the evening service. He had to preach at his own church the day before on Sunday. Since he knew he would be too pushed for time, we decided not to expect him to be there in time for the evening meal, where we usually did before the services at night. My dad would just eat after church, he said. Well, I was not too much alarmed when he did not show up in time for supper, although I had a sneaking notion that he might come walking in while we were eating. But the meal concluded, and we went to the little one-room church building. I reasoned that he had just decided to go straight on to the church and meet us there. But when we got there, there was no car anywhere with a South Carolina license tag, and I began to grow uneasy a bit. 7.30 came, and still he had not arrived. So we went ahead and started the service, thinking he would surely be just a minute or two late, perhaps. We began singing hymns and the butterflies started dancing in my stomach. (laughs) The more hymns we sang, the more they danced. But after the song service was all over, plus a few extra songs, all the stanzas of each, still my father had not showed up, and I was really in need of ministerial relief, not financial, but another kind. I was in a dilemma. The church was filled with people that night, and they were looking for a sermon. So there was really nothing for me to do but to start preaching. After all, wasn't that what I was going to the seminary for, to learn how to be a preacher? Now, there may be some preachers who just preach out of their head without any notes, without any preparation, but I am not of that tribe. I believe God inspires back there in the office in times of preparation, just as he does when the preachers in the pulpit. And quite frankly, I had not even asked God for a message for that night, at least not from me anyhow. Well, knowing that something had to be done, I began to preach. Speaking from complete random, I started expounding on the 23rd Psalm, saying everything about it that I could remember ever having heard before. About halfway through my sermon, That preacher from South Carolina arrived and slipped in quietly and sat on the back row. It had taken him longer than he expected to make the trip from South Carolina. You talk about being glad to see somebody. Uh, How did I spell relief? D A D. I went ahead and finished what I was saying that night, but my dad took over after that and we had a good revival. Now, this morning, the conditions are much better than they were on that evening, August eighteenth, 1958, which was about 56 years ago. I hope I'm a little better prepared this morning since I've been working with the Lord for a bit longer on this series of sermons as we start the 23rd Psalm uh, beginning today. The 23rd Psalm uh, has often been called the Shepherd's Psalm. It's a favorite of many people. Perhaps one reason for this is because of the simplicity of the language. For example, the beginning phrase is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Several years ago, a group of young people came to me and asked what that phrase meant. Does it mean that the Lord is my shepherd, but I don't want him to be? Well, of course not. The word want here means, might be translated lack, So the real meaning of that verse would be, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. One little girl expressed the truth very well, although she got the words of the psalm mixed up. She said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. (laughs) When we know that the Lord is our shepherd, then we can have a sense of inner calmness and peace, which can come in no other way. Immediately after World War II, the Allied armies gathered up many hungry, homeless children and placed them in large camps to care for them. There, the children were abundantly fed and cared for. However, at night, the children did not sleep well. The toll of war had taken away the peace and security from their little lives. They seemed to be restless and afraid at night. Finally, a psychologist hit on a solution. After the children were put to bed, they each received a slice of bread to hold. Now, this was not for them to eat, just to hold in their hands. If they wanted more to eat, more would be provided. But this particular slice of bread was not to be eaten. It was only for them to hold in their hands. This piece of bread produced marvelous results. Now the children began going to sleep, holding on to that piece of bread, and subconsciously knowing that they would have something to eat tomorrow. In the 37th Psalm, David expressed this wonderful truth of God's providential care when he said, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Come to think of it, neither have I. Have you? The Apostle Paul said it this way, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.19. David said the same thing when he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Another phrase, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, Back in the days when David wrote this psalm, he knew more than we do today the ways and the habits of sheep. We're told that the shepherd would often start grazing his sheep around four o'clock in the morning. The sheep walk steadily as they graze. They're never still. And then by around 10 o'clock in the morning, the sun is beaming down, the sheep are hot and tired and thirsty, And the wise shepherd knows that the sheep must not drink when it's hot, neither when their stomachs are filled with undigested grass. So the shepherd makes the sheep lie down in green pastures in a cool, soft spot. Since the sheep will not graze and eat while they're lying down, they chew their cud instead, which is nature's way of digestion, Sheep are called ruminants. It's a classification of animals. This is true with sheep, goats, oxen, antelope, giraffe, deer, camels. All these are cud-chewing animals. There come times in the life of every person when we are forced to do, even as the shepherd forces his sheep to do, we have to lie down, to slow down, whether we want to or not. So many times I have told people who were lying on hospital beds, you know, sometimes God allows us to be put on our backs in order to give us a chance to look up. The poet has said, my plans were made. I thought my path all bright and clear. My heart with song o'erflowed. The world seemed full of cheer. My Lord and I wished, my, my Lord, I wished to serve to take him for my guide, to keep so close that I could feel him by my side. And so I traveled on. But suddenly, in skies so clear and full of light, the clouds fell thick and fast. The days seemed changed to night. Instead of paths so clear and full of things so sweet, rough things and thorns and stones seemed all about my feet. I scarce could travel on. I bowed my head and wondered why this change should come and murmured, Lord, is this because of what I have done? Has not the path been full enough of pain and care? Why should not my path again be changed from dark to fair? But I still traveled on. I listened quiet and still, there came a voice. This path is mine, not thine. I made the choice. Dear child, this service will be best for thee and me, if thou wilt simply trust and leave the end to me. And so we traveled on. Another phrase in the beautiful 23rd Psalm, he leadeth me beside the still waters. The sheep is a very timid creature. One thing which is especially frightening to a sheep is turbulent, fast-moving water. A sheep has good reason to fear this because a sheep is a very poor swimmer. When it has a heavy coat of wool, it would be somewhat like a man trying to swim with his overcoat on. And Because of this fear of moving water, A sheep will not even drink from a turbulent, moving, churning stream. It will drink only from still waters. Here in this phrase, we have a beautiful picture of our loving Heavenly Father who understands us just as we are. Our great shepherd knows our faults, our weaknesses. He does not condemn us because of our failures, nor does he force us to go where we cannot go. Wherever God leads you, you can rest assured that it is perfectly safe ultimately. Someone has well said, The will of God will not lead you to where the grace of God will not sustain you. Now, there may be times when God's will may lead us into paths where we find the travel difficult. Jesus never promised that the life of a Christian would be without difficulties, problems, or even sufferings. But he has promised that when we trust him to be our shepherd and to guide us, then we need have no fear. And pastures are green, not always. Sometimes he who knoweth best and kindness leadeth me in weary ways where heavy shadows be and by still waters? No, not always so. Oft times the heavy tempest round me blow, and o'er my soul the waves and billows go. But when the storm beats loudest and I cry aloud for help, the shepherd standeth by and whispers to my soul, lo, it is I. So where he leads me, I can safely go. And in the blessed hereafter, I shall know why in his wisdom he hath led me so. The fact that our good shepherd does not shield us from trouble is obvious. When we look at the next phrase, he restoreth my soul. Oh, don't we all have times in our lives when we feel so desperately the need of being restored? David well knew this feeling. In Psalm 51, David cried out, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy lovingkindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And then after God forgave David from his sin, David then prayed another prayer as recorded in the 32nd Psalm. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Yes, when we sin and violate God's will, we cause a wound which only the great physician can heal. We may not realize immediately how very sick we are, but the cancer of our sin is still there all the same. It just may not have been openly diagnosed yet. One little boy described this situation when he said, sin is a knot that only God can untie. Today, there are people everywhere who are filled with anxieties, fears, frustrations, tensions, and burdens which only God can cure. Medicine and the other healing professions can help, and they often do. But as one physician said in speaking to a group of doctors, the psychiatrist's couch cannot take the place of the Lord in solving the problems of a frustrated society. Yes, he restoreth my soul. Oh, the crying need to have restored to us the joy of our salvation. And there are so many who can't even pray for this because the joy of salvation has not really come for the first time to them yet. But when it does become a reality in our lives, only the good shepherd can restore your soul as you need it to be restored and refreshed. Another beautiful phrase in the Psalm is this. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Sheep have very poor eyesight. They can see only a few yards ahead. The fields in Palestine, as they used to roam and be led to graze, were covered with narrow paths over which the shepherds led their sheep to pasture. Some of these paths led to a blind alley. Others led to a cliff over which the sheep might fall to their deaths, but still other paths led to green pastures and still waters. The good shepherd knew where the right paths were. He had, the sheep had no way of knowing, but they knew that they could trust their shepherd to guide them. One of the hymns that we sing, Lord, I would place my hand in Thine, nor ever murmur nor repine, content whatever lot I see, since 'tis God's hand that leadeth me. But even a loving and informed shepherd cannot lead a sheep that is stubborn and rebellious, nor can the good shepherd lead a sheep that wanders off on its own, without regard to the commands of the shepherd. The going astray may not be with malicious, rebellious intent. It may just be that a sheep wanders off in search of greener pastures, better grazing. Isaiah described this hundreds of years ago when he said in Isaiah 53 verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That him referred to there, we know is Jesus, who bore our sins on the cross. And when we let Jesus become our savior, then we know we have one who will lead us in the right way. But when we wander astray on our own, rebellious, whatever our attitude, then even our good shepherd cannot lead us in the paths of righteousness. He will not force us to go where we don't want to go. We're not willing to go. The wise proverb says in Proverbs 3, 6, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. This morning, we've been thinking about just a few of the phrases of that beautiful 23rd Psalm. We shall continue with this next Sunday. But as we close our service here, we're going to sing a song about Jesus becoming our shepherd. And the words of that song, many of you know, all the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Father, we pray that everyone listening to my voice right now may be willing to let Jesus, our good shepherd, guide us this day, and these days ahead, as He becomes our personal Good Shepherd. This we ask in His wonderful name. Amen.